Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Welcome to Unfair with your favorite co-host, Jimmy. You could have been doing anything else in the world, but you chose to listen to us, and we appreciate that. It's solo weekend, so I will take the wheel myself to navigate you through the sports landscape of the hottest topics, late breaking news, things that make no sense, and a few things that might surprise you. And as always, you can catch us on WMQG Radio, Tuesdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern. My solo weekend episode is sponsored by Clutch Culture. In life, there are moments when you are needed the most. Clutch Culture is aspiring to bring you just that. With hats and t-shirts available to remind folks who's clutch and who isn't, you can bring that culture into your lifestyle by checking out their website, www.clutch-culture.com. It's good to be here today, this weekend, the first show of 2021 for Unfair. Uh, a new year that we've been looking forward to for reasons that I don't need to go into. You all live through 2020. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So hopefully this can be in some ways a fresh start for you, an opportunity to try to do some things differently and for us to continue to try to work together to endure what we are all still going through, both nationally and personally. So to help with that, you know, we dive into the world of sports to in a sense, take our minds off of that to focus on something entertaining, something that we all enjoy, because I don't see anyone who doesn't at least enjoy something about sports tuning into this show. And that is part of what we all share collectively as an audience. So this is a big weekend in the NFL. This is week 17, the final week of the regular season. And usually when week 17, the majority of the playoff teams are already locked into their playoff spot and that gives them the opportunity to rest their starters ahead of getting prepared for the playoffs but this year is a bit different this year as you look at the AFC and the NFC really only one team is truly locked into their position meaning you have teams in both conferences who yes are playoff teams but in terms of their seeding and in terms of how that's going to affect matchups throughout the playoffs that's still up for grabs based upon not only how these teams perform in week 17 but how other teams perform and whether or not their performance helps or hurts where that particular team is going to be placed and again like I said you have still some teams whose playoff position isn't solidified you have teams who if they don't win this weekend they're not in the playoffs or if they don't win and then other teams that they don't need to win actually do end up winning they're out of the playoffs so it's going to make for what i think is a fantastic week 17 probably one of the best that we've seen because really only one team win or loss is locked into their playoff spot in terms of what i looked at and that is the kansas city chiefs the reigning super bowl champions uh headed by Andy Reid and that coaching staff and superstar $500 million quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of Patrick Mahomes, you know, it's interesting. He's one of those individuals. He's going to be able to sit out this Week 17 game against the Chargers, as will the majority of the Chiefs starters, such as Travis Kelsey, who just set the record for most receiving yards in a season for a tight end. You have all-world wide receiver 
Tyreek Hill, who has something like 16 receiving touchdowns this season, which is absurd. So you're going to be able to rest all those guys. You're going to be able to rest the Honey Badger on defense, Chris Jones, your star defensive tackle, and get ready to defend your Super Bowl crown. But what's interesting is, given that they're the one team in the AFC who has earned that first round bye, they're not going to play next week either. So in effect, what this is going to mean for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City is that he won't play an NFL game for three weeks. Now, generally, you rest your Week 17 guys if you can in order to not put them out there at the risk of unnecessary injury in a game that isn't going to affect your playoff seeding. That's the general logic. But I think that the Chiefs sitting out Patrick Mahomes in Week 17 is about more than just his health. He's, he's healthy right now, but it's about more than just his health. I think it's about the fact that we can all agree, if you've been watching Kansas City, and most of us do, since because they're so fantastic to watch and they won the Super Bowl last season, they play a lot of primetime games, that something is not quite right with Patrick Mahomes and with this offense. So I looked at Patrick Mahomes. I looked at his last eight games, and you know I paid attention to him throughout the season because I had him on several fantasy rosters. So if you look at the last eight games of Patrick Mahomes, Take those first four games. He was averaging 33 completions per game, which is fantastic for a quarterback. You know, anything above 27 or 28 is fantastic. But in his last four games, he only averaged 25 completions per game. So obviously a difference of eight. So what does that mean? Well, what it doesn't mean is that he's not great. He's still great. He's still Patrick Mahomes and is either going to win the MVP again this season or come in second to Aaron Rodgers. But clearly you can see that something is wrong with this team. Something is wrong with Patrick Mahomes and this offense. And when I see him play, when I watched him play these last four games, what I noticed was that he's holding the ball longer, and he doesn't appear to be seeing the field as clearly because he's scrambling more and getting out of bounds, or he's hitting his checkdowns more, which is the you know the safe play to not risk throwing an interception or an incompletion when you have an easy check down right there and that's unlike Patrick Mahomes and this offense usually they get exactly what they want usually they're able to run up the score on teams usually they're able to air it out and their last seven to eight games were all close games that's part of the reason why they factored so much into our frozen five because they weren't covering the spread more on that later so yeah something is clearly wrong with Patrick Mahomes and whatever it is it could be their demise in the playoffs, preventing them from either going to the Super Bowl or winning it for a second straight season. Because it's all about the details at that point when you get into the playoffs. When you get into the playoffs, it's like another season. What happened in the regular season happened, and now these teams, a lot of them are in different places in terms of their health, in terms of their psychology, and how they're playing than they were at the beginning or throughout the regular season. So one minute detail that a coaching staff does not pay attention to can be their demise in the playoffs. So those, I guess that eight incompletion difference, between what Patrick Mahomes was averaging per game and what he averaged those last four, that's important because a completion, that could be a first down. That could be something that swings the momentum. That could be a touchdown. Obviously, anything can happen on any play. So they have to pay attention to that detail because one incompletion can make or break a franchise in their trajectory, the trajectory of a player. Just ask Jimmy Garoppolo who in the Super Bowl against his Kansas City Chiefs team missed that deep throw to Emmanuel Sanders that would have put the game out of reach in the second half for the Kansas City Chiefs because the 49ers basically outplayed them for 53 minutes. And if they had hit that throw, if he had hit that throw, the conversation about Kansas City and San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo would have been different forever from that point. 
So those completions and incompletions do matter. So Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, they can't just shrug this off. They've got to diagnose what's going wrong. They have to diagnose how to beat these zones that Kansas City is facing because you can't play man coverage against Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. It's not going to work. So what's causing him problem is there some version of zone coverage that he's not used to seeing that he isn't comfortable throwing into those windows that either aren't there or are too small. So they have to diagnose what's going wrong with that, and they have to maybe figure out how to emphasize the run game more, which isn't going to be easy either because Le'Veon Bell is not Le'Veon Bell anymore. He's still pretty good, but he's not Pittsburgh Steelers Le'Veon Bell, so he's not going to save you. And your star rookie running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, had a badly sprained ankle, so it's probably going to take him up until their next game to be fully healthy, to at least be 80 to 85% of what he was, which is probably good enough in this offense, but it maybe isn't good enough in order for them to lean on the run game in order to offset the type of coverages that Patrick Mahomes is seeing. So either way, they got to figure it out. They've given themselves an extra week to do that by resting Mahomes and resting the rest of the starters, especially Tyreek Hill, since he's got a hamstring injury that he's been nursing off and on over the last month. But it's not a given for Kansas City with what they're facing and with how they've looked in the regular season, which is crazy because this team could very well finish 15-1. and They're 14-1 and right now. So to say that about a team um, – you know, it's astronomically crazy, but it's true. If you've been watching this Kansas City Chiefs team and they've got to figure out what's going on with Patrick Mahomes or they're going to be gone fishing before they have a chance to compete for a second straight Super Bowl. All right. We do this every week. Frozen five week 17. Uh, I believe we went two and three last week. A uh, week before that, I went 2-1-2, two, and, two, and we, I think we, we won the week before that as well. So we've been doing good here down the stretch. We've had a rough, you know, really rough start to the season, a rough middle of the season, but as of late, we've been able to do better. So we're looking to close out with a winning week to close out the regular season of our Frozen 5 picks for the 2020-2021 season. But before I get into that, as always, be sure to check out the OSG report for daily fantasy and for... I mean, I say season long, but the only ones who are playing right now is if you're in a league that has a week 17 championship round, then you're going to be paying attention to these players, especially on those teams that may be resting starters or may have guys out due to injury or due to COVID. So you can always catch that on our social media outlets on Facebook and Twitter, as well as on our medium page. That is our primary um I guess, media page as far as our written articles, anything that I write, anything that Jay writes, and the weekly OSG reports. So you're going to want to find them on there as well to hopefully set your lineups accordingly for this final regular season week and as well as to help you to gain the edge in your championship matchups if that is the case. All right, so Frozen 5, Week 17. Again, looking to close out with another winning week. I got my... My picks, I feel really good about them, feel really good about my bonus picks. So without further ado, here it is. Let's go. Up first, we have the Chargers at the Chiefs. The Chargers are a minus three and a half point favorite. And I'm going to take the Chargers minus the three and a half. Uh, Kansas City, like I just mentioned, is resting most of their starters. Uh, this Chargers team has three straight covers, whereas against the spread, the Chiefs are one and seven in their last eight. They've been horrible against the spread in these last 
you know, eight, nine, ten games because they're playing too many close games. So remember, the Chargers generally play Kansas City tough. It's just something about that defense or something about how they play against them that's different than most teams that the Chiefs face. So I think that if Anthony Lynn, honestly, if he can't defeat a Kansas City team without the majority of their starters and beat them convincingly, then he not only is he not going to coach the Chargers next year, he may never get another head coaching job again. That would be appalling. So he's got something to coach for. I think the Chargers are going to pull away late from this team because divisional opponents do tend to know each other better than other teams. And all these Week 17 games basically are divisional matchups. So I see the Chargers winning this game 28-22, to covering the 3.5. Up next, we have the Saints at the Panthers. The Saints are a minus six and a half point favorite and i'm going to take the panthers plus that six and a half i think six and a half is too many points the panthers are four and one in their last five against the spread and the saints team is not going to have all world running back alvin kamara uh due to COVID, and maybe not even for the first round of the playoffs depending upon when they play and the close contacts that he had with the running backs may also prevent them from playing as well most likely they won't play so the saints at some point in this game may start to rest their starters if the game gets out of hand um, and I love getting points for a divisional home game, such as what I have with the Panthers. And this Panthers team, they never quit. You know, shout-outs to uh, Matt Rule for coaching a team that plays hard every down of every game. Um, and that is part of the reason why this Panthers team has been within one score of their opponent, you know, win or loss, in nine of their last ten games. So I'm going to anticipate the backdoor cover in the fourth quarter. Uh, as the Saints probably rest more of their starters. So I think the Saints are going to win this game 31-26, to but the Panthers are going to need that 6.5, and, and they're going to use that to cover. Up next, we have the Jets at the Patriots. The Patriots are a minus 3-point favorite, and I'm going to take the Jets plus the 3. Um, much of the Jets' roster and coaching staff won't be back next year, so they're going to want to go out with the win to end this thing on a high note, what has been an abysmal season. And simply put, the Jets are just a better team than the Patriots right now. The Jets are coming off two straight wins over playoff teams, whereas the Pats have lost three straight. Cam looks bad. He can barely throw over 50 passing yards a game. Probably going to see Jared Stidham sometime in this game, who isn't that much better either. So this is a revenge game, in a sense, for the Jets, because this Pats team has owned that division for the last 15 years or so. So this is a good chance to beat up on them while they're down to make themselves feel better. So I think the Jets are going to run up the score. Uh, they're going to win this game 36-17, to 17, not even needing the plus three. Up next, staying in the AFC East, we have the Dolphins at the Bills. The Bills are a minus two-and-a-half point favorite, and I'm going to take the Bills minus that two-and-a-half easily. Two is not ready for this. He's not ready for this game. He's not ready for this team. He's already been benched twice this year, and is having to play in this game because Ryan Fitzpatrick has COVID. There you go. So the Bills versus the spread in their last seven games, 7-0 and against the spread. So they are hot. And they are a real threat in the AFC. They've got a chance to get that number two seed if they win this game and get some help, which means that if they were to meet Kansas City, it would be in the conference championship. This Bills offense has been unstoppable. They're averaging 35 points a game in their last seven. This Miami offense averaging 22 points a game in their last seven, and probably a little less than that when you talk about the games that two has started and played all the way through. However, I still do see this as a tough game for the Bills because that Brian Flores Dolphins team doesn't quit. They play hard, and they are good on defense, but the Bills are going to pull away late for a 30-24 to victory covering the 2.5. Up next, the Titans at the Texans. The Titans are a minus 7.5-point favorite, 
And I'm going to take the Titans minus a seven and a half. Simply put, the Titans, they win this game, they win the division. They lose this game, there's a chance they might not get into the playoffs. So they've got to go all out in this game all the way through, all 60 minutes. They were humiliated last week against the Packers were the Titans on Sunday Night Football in front of everybody. And they're going to be looking to burn that game tape and avenge that loss by beating up on the Texans, a Texans team that already looks like they have quit on this season. You have J.J. Watt calling out certain teammates in the media. You have Deshaun Watson with the hand injury. And Houston, this defense, they don't force turnovers, which is what you've got to be able to do to be competitive. Uh, they got lit up by Brandon Allen, the second-string quarterback for the Bengals last week. So there is no way... I am taking the Texans. If someone said take the Titans or the Texans in this game, which side would you take? You'd be crazy not to take the Titans. So I'm going to take the Titans minus that 7.5 to win this game 37-24, to 24, easily covering that 7.5. Bonus picks. Take a good strong look at the Cowboys minus 1.5 at the Giants. The Cowboys have three straight covers. The Giants have not covered in three straight games. This Dallas offense is clicking with Andy Dalton, and that defense is forcing turnovers. That's been the difference, and everybody is picking against the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys usually in spots like this disappoint everyone, well, their fan base, while everyone else laughs at them, but I don't think that that's going to happen this year. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game and win it fairly easily covering that 1.5. And the last bonus pick, take a good strong look at the Ravens minus 12.5 at the Bengals. Oh, the Ravens have five straight covers because that offense has been great and that defense has been healthier and playing better, and they're ascending at the right time. And people have to take a good look at this Ravens team in the AFC playoffs. Is this kind of team that's clicking and ascending at the right time that can knock off a team like Kansas City? I think that they can play with that Kansas City team. So, again, take the Ravens seriously. Lamar Jackson is playing closer to the MVP form of last season than he was throughout the majority of the regular season. So I love the way this Ravens team is playing. You know, no surprise since John Harbaugh is a really good coach. But take a good, strong look at the Ravens, minus 12 and a half. To recap, we're going to take the Chargers, minus three and a half. The Panthers, plus six and a half. The Jets, plus three. The Bills, minus two and a half. The Titans, minus seven and a half. And on the bonus side, we're going to take a good look at the Cowboys, minus one and a half. And the Ravens, minus 12 and a half and that is the frozen five for the final week of the regular season in the nfl week 17 i feel really really good about those picks this is actually the first time that i've uh had the week 17 slate on the show normally jay does so i'm hoping that i can do as well as he does normally in our uh week 17 picks to send us off the right way all right so lastly before i end the show you know, I'm recording this on Saturday, January 2nd, and I'm so glad I did because I gave myself the opportunity to watch both of the college football playoff semifinal games where you saw Alabama defeating Notre Dame, I believe 31-17, to and you saw the game after that Ohio State versus Clemson that I'll get to in a second. You know, words, words are powerful. Words can get you into trouble. The Bible talks a lot about this, about the power of the tongue, the ways in which life and death are within our words so not and that's kind of an extreme example but words do matter is what i'm trying to say uh so i want to mention another uh bowl game you had the oklahoma sooners defeating the florida gators of the sec 55 to 20 in the cotton bowl and as i was alluding to a second ago you had ohio state defeating clemson 49 to 28 um was, and they pretty much controlled that game throughout now, why did that happen? 
Now, obviously, either of these teams could have beat the other team. You know, you had available players. Some players didn't play getting ready for the draft. You had game plans. You have two of the best coaching staffs, four of the best coaching staffs in college football. So these were pretty evenly matched teams. So it could have gone either way, but it didn't. Both were blowouts. Why was that? Well, again, I'm a big details person. I think that when you want to see why something turned out the way that it did, you have to really understand the details uh, within the matchup. So prior to this game, you had Florida Gators very confident about not only their uh, their chances to win this game, but about their assessments of the Oklahoma Sooners. So in reference to that, uh, one particular player, uh, one of their linebackers, James Houston, in the headline on ESPN says this, and I quote, Florida Gators linebacker James Houston, this is Oklahoma before bowl game. Well, what did he say? He said this of Oklahoma. He said, Oklahoma is a good matchup. But they are not on our level. They're not the the SEC. They're not the Florida Gators. So we should put on a good show. Wide receiver from Florida, Justin Shorter, called Oklahoma a pretty good team, quote-unquote. And quarterback Kyle Trask, uh, who had only watched some film of the Sooners, said they've got some solid players. We're just going to have to put together a good game plan and just execute as if it would have been that simple. And then they go out there and get destroyed 55-20. to 20. Kyle Trask is probably feel, still throwing interceptions in that game. He was terrible. He was awful. And I don't care that they were missing players who were getting prepared for the NFL, for, for the NFL draft. I don't care about that at all. Why did that happen? I just read to you why that happened. Ohio State defeating Clemson, as I said. What did Dabo Sweeney up until this game say about Ohio State? He said that he ranked them 11th. Meaning that not only should they not have been in the college football playoff, but they shouldn't have even been in a decent bowl game. And that's what this Ohio State team heard throughout the week. Now, it doesn't mean that Dabo Sweeney was wrong because in all fairness, what he was saying is that they're still great. They're an elite team. It's just that they only played six games and they shouldn't be in this college football playoff or ranked in the top 10 ahead of teams who grinded out the season amidst covid and play 10, 11, 12 games, you know, like we did, like other teams did as well. And he may have a point. I'm not saying that he's wrong, but timing is everything, not just words, but the timing of your words, how you deliver that, when you deliver that means something. So you don't think that hearing that all week, that hearing the coach of the team you're about to face say you don't even deserve to be in the top 10, let alone face us, didn't fuel this Ohio State team even more to play within an inch of their lives to beat this team as if their life depended on it just as if it didn't motivate the Oklahoma Sooners to go out on both sides of the ball and dominate Florida when they're talking about we're not on their level. Because what they're thinking is if one player said this, this is what they believe in the locker room. He speaks for the team. Why else would they be talking to him? So that's what they believe. Details. Words are details. In a game of inches, such as football, where you have 250-pound-plus players running into each other, just car crash after car crash on the field, you cannot give your opponent extra ammunition, extra motivation to beat you. Why? Because those words can be the difference between beating a team 34 to 30 and getting destroyed by that team 55 to 20. And did you see Justin Fields? That hit that he took from that linebacker, that's one of the most crushing, just (laughs) rib-crushing blows I have ever seen a quarterback take. And he got out there multiple times, got back out there with a possible rib injury or rib injuries that we may not even know yet until tomorrow or Monday and damage to his internal organs. He came back and gave a historic performance, 22 of 28 for 385 yards, six six touchdowns, 42 rushing yards, and only one pick. That was Justin Fields. 
And going into this game, I hadn't really seen him play that much. And what I'd seen throughout the regular season didn't impress me, but I was impressed with this. And you know every NFL GM was watching this game as well. They're probably watching more so to see Trevor Lawrence, who did throw for 400 yards, but his team still got destroyed. They were still controlled throughout that game. But to see the performance under those circumstances that Justin Fields gave, I mean, he definitely increased his draft stock if he already wasn't going to be the second or third pick. He was out there. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't throwing – you know, he, he wasn't so much throwing dots, as they call it, you know, throwing into these small windows for 15-yard gains to move the change. He was throwing bombs. He was bombing that Clemson defense. And Clemson has one of the best defensive coordinators in football in Brent Venables. We know him very well around these parts. So when you give a team that kind of motivation, that's the kind of performance that you pull out of that team. Because Justin Fields, if he had had that injury in any regular season game, he would not have gone back in that game. It, wouldn't have, it would not have been worth it. But he willed himself back into that game. And there was too much on the line for him not to go back in there with the risk of further injury. So that's, what, that's, how, that's the effect you have on people when you tell them they can't do something or tell them they shouldn't be a part of an elite group. That's exactly what you get. So both of those teams, Florida – and Clemson got what they deserve. The next time, Davo Sweeney, keep your mouth shut if you're going to talk about the team you're playing like that until after the game. Because then if they destroy you, just don't say what you were going to say. If you beat them, then use it. What can they do to you? Nothing. You just beat them. You can say whatever you want. So that's the problem with Davos when he talks too much at the wrong time. And this time, the chickens came home to roost. Same for those Florida players. Shut up. That's the best you can do. Just be quiet. Be quiet. Play the team. Do the best you can. But do not give them extra ammunition. That's a very narcissistic and arrogant thing to do to talk down about them as if you know you're going to destroy them as if you're better than them clearly you were not they beat your ass and that's the reason why don't do that excuse me for the curse word hope my mama didn't hear that thank you for listening to unfair (laughs) um to my co-host jay always bringing the fire appreciate you to all of our loyal listeners to dr manhattan to florence nightingale to my nephew to all of our loyal listeners we appreciate that Uh, If you watch our video clips of our Monday shows and of uh, Jay's videos as well, whether it's on YouTube, um, whether it's via Twitter, via Instagram, we definitely appreciate the love as well as you suggesting the show to other sports fans and sports lovers who love our takes, who disagree with our takes, but either way want to be entertained by the sports discussion. We appreciate that. As always, to Mike, Bob and Wendy, the production team, thank you for holding it down and doing the best that you Uh, have done you continue to get better and better and we hope to continue to get better and better as well so with that again please wear masks please practice social distancing love yourself and love somebody and with that it's been unfair peace Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.